Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Reset Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Mignot. Each episode, I bring on a different business leader or entrepreneur who's doing some game-changing work. And this episode is no different. I'm delighted to have a chat with Gina Caballo, who is the CRO over at Autogen. She has a really awesome career, and her journey has been fantastic. It's going to be a fantastic conversation. Take a listen. Hey, Gina. Hey, Laura. Thanks for having me. Oh, sure. That's always a delight to have you. So we're going to jump right in with the very first question, which you probably heard is the same for every single guest. Uh, so Gina, what was your first job? Oh, boy. So so first job as a 16-year-old or first job in this crazy industry? I can answer both. I prefer my folks go with the ones that they, they were 16 years old or younger, because I've had someone who had a job when they were a baby. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, actually, you know, I started my first, my first job ever because my father said, oh, you want a car? You need to get a job. Um, <laughs> which, you know, was, was the right thing to, to tell a 16 year old. And I got a job working in the, I was in the dressing room at Nordstrom and, you know, just hanging up clothes. And it was just hour, hours and hours of just like, you know, trying to clean those, um, hanger stains between my, my hands. But um, a really good foundation, when I think back about Nordstrom as a company, they spend so much time training everyone, obviously from the most entry level um, to the most senior, on good customer service. And what, and what does that mean? And, and I think that was a really great place for me to start my, my career, I guess, or start to sort of like develop those, those skills for customer service. And um, yeah, I worked there all through high school and and all of my breaks in college so i have a i have a lot of affection for for nordstrom so wait okay so you worked at nordstrom so one what was your discount and uh, did, you, did you make a good a good wardrobe selection out of that because nordstrom is not cheap it's not it's 20 percent. and you know every time i walk into nordstrom because there's a beautiful one now um in new york city for the first time i get a little bit sad when i can't can't leverage the 20 percent. but yeah it was it was incredible um great experience and you're just good to have that work ethic at, at a young age yeah, um, it is across the street from my office. Oh, oh that's right. <laughs> so um, it is extremely dangerous because, uh, you know, oh, I have to go. There's restaurants in there and I should just like, you know, grab something to eat and then mosey on over to the second floor and look at the shoes and not go and buy something. Well, it's dangerous yeah. because I live down the street and now that we're connected, I could be like, Hey, Laura, what are you doing right now? Do you want to go to Nordstrom with me? I, yeah. So. Look, we're going to go for a drink <laughs> and walk on the second floor. That's it. Just, That's it. Just, I, I like even though as, as I'm sitting here, I'm looking at the card from my sales lady at on the second floor. So we'll talk later about that. <laughs> it's not like I've been a few times already. Um, but the cool things about all of that is that, you know, as I said, it is the kind of interesting foundation that you have that allows you to build on that for your future career. So obviously you went from having those icky hanger stains to now being the big boss lady uh, of the CRO. What was that journey like? Oh, you know, it's, it's interesting because people think, oh, you must have had a plan. I had no plan. <laughs> it's like the no plan plan. Um, I was supposed to go to law school and much to my parents' disappointment, I said, I'm going to go into advertising and I'm going to get my master's in communications, which my my dad was like, what am I paying for? 
I'm still, I mean, I still don't know, but it gave me a year to really um, kind of figure out what I wanted to do. And I went up getting an internship for a really small digital company. Uh, it's like 16 or seven, 17 years now at this, at this point and really fell in love with all the creativity of just the, the very, very early, you know, super early um, digital environment, which was if I, I'm going to really date myself here, you know, talking about things like MySpace and Friendster and, you know, that was social media back then. So that was sort of how I started. Um, and then when I graduated, I graduated into one of the worst, you know, economies uh, in a, well, in a really terrible economy and just got my foot in at, um, a WPP agency, Ogilvy, Ogilvy one, and was working in direct mail for on IBM. And I couldn't tell you, you know, really what we, what we, we were selling because it was like servers and solutions, but it didn't matter because, you know, I had a job and, you know, sort of figured it out from there and, and spent a good amount of time on the agency side. Yeah. Um, moved over to media and then jumped into sales. And it's been, you know, a really interesting ride working at some really um, fantastic startups, which is where I, I tend to really like to be. I know most people, are, you know, would want to work at, you know, one of the big Amazons or Googles of the world. And there's there's nothing wrong with that. But I just really love building. So um, I've had a very long career in in uh, growing businesses and, and finally short uh, wound up at uh, Autogen and sort of doing the same thing again and, and have never been, you know, happier, to be honest. Awesome. Um, I, too, was someone who was supposed to go to law school and <laughs> much similar to my parents' chagrin was like, eh, you know, I didn't get into the school I wanted to go to. So if I didn't get into that school, I'm not going. <laughs> so yeah. and similarly, I ended up getting my MBA in marketing because I was like, well, there's there's what you gotta have to do. <laughs> so see parallel lives. Um, but I, I totally get it. So you know, I, I think for a lot of folks, I have to explain what I do, and I took that attention folks who are like, what does an experiential officer do? And I have to explain it. So I'm gonna do the same thing to you. What actually does a CRO do? Yeah, absolutely. I I mean, I tend to like take the you know self-deprecating approach, and people say, "Oh, CRO." I'm like, "Oh, it's 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 a fancy way of saying that I'm the global head of sales." And so, really, what you do is you you're managing the team, you're building the team, you're managing the team, you're managing the personalities, um, and then you're also thinking about strategy and growth. And so, not just thinking about how are you going to hit your quarter or your year, but then okay, what do what does you know longer partnerships look like? What does sustainability look like for business? Um, what does expansion look like as we, you know, grow into other um, international markets? So, you know, a big, big piece of it is the day-to-day and, and, and managing my team to their numbers. But, you know, another part of it is being, uh, you know, uh, forward thinking and thinking about how we continue to really grow this this rocket ship we're on. So tell us a little bit about Audrey, because it it sounds like a really cool company because I, I did my homework. But for the folks who didn't, who haven't who haven't heard much about you guys, what what's the kind of core awesomeness about you all? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, without you know jumping into a sales pitch because I won't bore you bore you with that. <laughs> well, the head of sales is not going to try to sell me. No, no, I know, no, I you know I think that's the biggest thing I learned from being on the agency side, right? It ha- it has to be um, it has to be interesting, it has to be different, it has to be um, you know useful. Um, but basically, we we brand ourselves, and Dave, our CMO, keep me honest here, is the leading um, identity and curation and data platform. So essentially, we are a massive DMP that is audience extension for some of the biggest publishers that you know in the world: Condé Nast, Fandom, Penske, 
as well as Universal Music and Warner Music Group. And uh, really, we started off as this like really cool, you know, first party DMP. And as we really grew, we realized, you know, being a data company, it's not very interesting because, you know, as you know, in the in the programmatic world, the only thing the data company sees at the end of the month is, oh, they spent maybe a thousand dollars and we don't really have much insight into you know, how did that data really um, drive a consumer's results or how, you know, how did we drive addressability for the ecosystem? Um, so we did this really cool thing two years ago and decided to take all of our data and directly integrate with the supply. So what that means is we are now delivering these really um, data-driven uh, PMPs to our media uh, agencies and, and brand partners to then be highly, much more highly targeted in the programmatic space. It allows us to do something super different. So, you know, data has always been something that's really static. Autogen has sort of come up with this new way that makes data optimizable and flexible, which is, you know, we're we're basically pioneering a different way of activating data in the programmatic world. So it's super exciting. I know I've said, said a lot of technical jargon and, and hopefully no one on the other side is taking a nap. But um, but I'll, I'll leave it with this. You know, uh, you've been you're in the industry for so long, and either on your side or on my side, you've just heard you know f- so many different pitches and so many different companies say the same thing, uh, you know, ten different ways. And what really drew me to Autogen is they're doing something innovative and cutting edge. And I think you know when I think about where I work, I want to be on the bleeding edge of what's next in in our industry. And the great thing about our industry is that it it's not the same thing, not the same place I started 16 or 17 years ago, right? We talk about Frontster in MySpace and it just continues to iterate and innovate. And that's what makes, uh, you know, this world so interesting. Yeah, well, it's all this fascinating because, I mean, there is just this, think about the mountains and mountains of data. When you think about every time you played a game online, that game now knows where you are, what you were doing, how long you spent playing a game. Yeah. Yeah. And from that, they can make a whole profile of who you are at that particular moment. And then based on that, you know, this is why you want to buy this stuff at Nordstrom. Or this is why you want to buy this stuff on Quince, for example. Um, So it is fascinating to see how it's all continuing to bloom and explode and grow in a lot of different ways and how you splice it and the stories that it can tell you know, are super duper fascinating to me because I'm a nerd. Um, Also, as a marketer, you want to be able to understand this stuff, not just from super duper high level, but also like to a proper degree of granularity because it helps you make smarter decisions in terms of what you're going to build. 100%. I couldn't agree more. I mean, you know, everything should be data-driven from, you know, your experiential and branding all the way down to the bottom of the funnel. You know, I think... um, We've just gotten so much more sophisticated since, you know, since I started at least. And it's it's super exciting to see this this industry continue to just become more advanced and just be more accountable. Um, it, it's and I'm sure in two years from now, it's going to look different in 20 years from now. It's going to look completely different. But that's the exciting part of being kind of on this ride. Yeah, it's uh, it's a fascinating and wild ride, to say the least. So along that, obviously, you know, I'm sure the road view was not super duper easy and had like no bumps in it. So talk to me about a time when you were like, I'm never going to get through this challenge. And then you did. I'm never going to do this challenge. Okay. Well, 
You know, it's funny. I would say, you know, even just switching from agency to sales, uh, you know, uh, my father is in sales and my younger sister is far more outgoing than I am. So when I said, hey, I'm going to leave my agency job and I'm going to jump into sales, they looked at me like the one who's an introvert and pretty quiet. You're going to go into sales. <laughs> so I think it just motivated me more, you know, to to want to be you know successful and I think that was um, every time I, I, I see my family, I, I think they're constantly surprised that I have gotten to this level because it was never in my DNA, I think, to be a salesperson, to, to be frank. I'm I'm more like the introverted extrovert who can, you know, likes to stay in and watch Netflix and then can go out for a bit, but then needs to recover. And same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Same. Same. Yeah. So it was, uh, I would say that was something where, I was, you know, I think I took my family by surprise and hopefully after all this this time, they're they're not disappointed that I didn't go to law school. Oh, I, I, I totally get it. Um, Because it, it, it's also like the, the world of being in an agency and then being at a company, it's just drastically different. <laughs> and you're like, wait a minute, hold on. How, you know, process and procedures are different and how fast you move tend to be different and you know the risks you can take are are all those things that you when you're in an agency it's a little bit more it's a little safer a little more conservative versus when you're in startup where they're like yep well this is go yeah absolutely i mean it's it's funny because i taught a class uh the one thing my one of the things that my my graduate degree did was allowed me go to to go back to my college and teach taught for nine years and and wrote the digital program there and every i'd seniors and they were always like this sounds so super cool I want to be in sales and I would just caveat, like I got a great education on the agency side and sales is a lot of fun, but here's all, here's all the things like you mentioned, the the risk, there's a big risk and in, in job security, it's very binary. Either you hit your numbers or, or you don't. And, um, you know, it, I always caution with, you know, the good, good and the bad, because it it is definitely um, a different kind of stress, right? There, I think on the agency side, you've got the stress of, you know, clients and, and, um, and meeting their needs. But on our side, it's, it's all it's numbers, clients, um, performance sometimes. So definitely try to be very even handed when I'm talking to some of the younger folks about getting into this industry. And it's so key to doing anything. It really, it's so important, especially right now. So question for you, what was the experience with you all when COVID hit? Were you audited when, when, when the uh, pandemic first hit and what was that like for everybody? No, actually, I, I wasn't. I um, was one of. The, I was actually running a startup for an Australian. Uh, it was an Australian startup I was running, and then the COVID sort of impacted, you know, a lot of the the growth around just the uncertainty of of what was going to happen. I don't think we knew anything then. Um, and I had started another job um, probably around the time of around the time of lockdown around like April of 2020. So I actually started and completed a job um, without ever being on the inside of, um, of the office. I've never, I don't think I even met half of the folks that I, that I even managed during that time. But um, you know, I think coming on to, to Autogen in January, it, it's really amazing to see how not only did they weather the storm as a newer brand, but they were growing, which says something to how, you know, how unique uh, the product is. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fascinating because like certainly like I started um, my, uh, my job here at BML YNR um, this year 
And, you know, we're now coming back into the office. It's just like, oh, wow, office, people. (laughs) How tall are you? I had no idea. Uh, (laughs) But also the the camaraderie that you do have when you have folks in the office. And it's weird that we like forgot how that actually works. (laughs) We We were always like, oh, yeah, we'll just be at the office. Everyone go for drinks afterwards. And now it's like, well... What day will everybody be in the office and can spend a little bit of time because you're all on Teams meetings all day long or on Zoom calls all day long to get up and go say hi to somebody who's sitting across from you? Like the whole dynamic has changed so much. I think it's so important, though. You know, we we don't mandate folks to come to the office, but I'll tell you, my team opts to come in just to sit around each other or just even to have my one-on-ones with some of the my sales team in person or even to run down the hall into my boss's office and get something done in two seconds that would have taken, you know, an hour to schedule to sit on zoom. And, you know, I think for me, I I really enjoy being back in person. I I get energy from being around my colleagues. Um, I, I don't think you can substitute for, for that human interaction. And frankly, for me, I found it really hard. Like I didn't find as much joy in my job being on the other side of the screen. Now that I'm back and I'm I'm around my colleagues, I'm it's for me so much more happy. Yeah, the energy just hits different. It just it really does. And it's funny you say that because I do the same thing. It's like it's faster for me to like get up and walk from my desk to my my CEO's desk. Like, hey, I have a question for you. Provided she's not on a team's call, and just like, hey, I have a question. Yeah. And answer that rather than let me try and schedule time with her. The, the, what? No. <laughs> you literally can just go, hey, I have two things. This and this. Cool. Great. Bye. Yeah. Like, that took two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're speaking my language. That's exactly the best way to work. I mean, it's, it takes two seconds. And and I, I much prefer it just to be able to sort of, you know, we're in a it gets stuff done kind of uh, mode. And that's the easiest way. Yeah, it's uh, it's quite uh, though the change in the way we work now has been so fascinating, and it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out like next year. When I think more companies are going to start mandating folks come back in the office, who stays, who goes, how that affects the teams that we've got, um, um, it should be quite interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we do, we, like I said, we don't mandate folks because we also want to be cognizant of the fact that people have lives outside the office, you know, and what's going to make some, some people work harder is to make sure, Hey, if I can pick my kid up from kit from school at four 30 and have that flexibility, or I can be home a few more nights a week to have dinner with them. When people are genuinely happy, I think they work harder and having flexibility is, is super important. I, I think for me, I, I never noticed how much I had to do on my own during COVID, you know, just running in between zoom meetings, walking the dog, switching the laundry, trying to figure out what to have for dinner. And it's just, you need to have flexibility to be able to, to manage your life both inside and outside the office. Yeah. I think the importance of like, that's the thing. It's like juggling that life that we now all have that's different than the one we had prior to COVID. It just is. Yeah. And the thing that you prioritize, you know, family, home, your own mental health, like all those things are now of paramount importance. And I think prior to COVID that we we never prioritized those things. And as we think now about how we have to be good stewards and good leaders, taking those aspects all into account are going to be key to making sure that we've got great employees who want to keep working for us. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, leading by example is super important. You can't take care of your team or show up for them if you're not taking care of yourself. That means that you're actually using your days off. 
I'm glad to hear it, Jim. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I did take my first vacation in September. <laughs> I, did, I did wait, but no, absolutely. I, you know, one of the guys on my team, I was, I was like, when are you taking vacation? Please put it on my calendar and take a long weekend because if you don't take that time to rest, you're not going to be able to come back and fight. You won't. You just, and, but you also have to model that. I said the same thing. I went on vacation at the end of August for four days and, you know, checked out entirely. And I was like, see guys, I, I can do it. And you all have seen how scary my calendar is. <laughs> that, I mean, you all can do this thing. Uh, now you're going to lie to you, Laura. I landed and I slept 11 hours. It was the most glorious time ever. I slept 11 hours. Same. I slept on the beach. I was in Puerto Rico. I slept on the beach. <laughs> every day for four days and did nothing but do that, have drinks brought to me and go to the spa. And I was like, I don't want to be bothered by anybody. <laughs> you know, I don't know why we're, we haven't been best friends before this, but I, but I can see it happening. Yeah. That, no, we're going to be past this. This is going to happen. I mean, you live nearby my office. So therefore you have a reason to come by and say hi. And we already figured out where we're going to be drinking. I mean, shopping. I mean, <laughs> uh, so all good. Um, so thinking about like, you know, where you are now and how far you've come, what do you think you'd tell like 18 year old Gina? Oh, God, that is, that's a, that's a tough one. I think, you know, not being so hard on yourself is something I think that I still sort of struggle with, you know, um, but also making time for things that are important. I think the pandemic was a big wake up call for us to sort of stop and pay attention to the things that really matter. Like, you know, my parents, only 45 minutes away, but I, I don't get up to see them as much as I need to. And, you know, you, you, for the first time I had was able to see, Oh my God, they're in their seventies and eighties. Like I really need to prioritize these things. And I think when you're 18, you just are gung ho and you go 150 miles an hour. And I, I frankly needed the pandemic to pull the plug to stop and say, Oh my God, I've been traveling, you know, 200 days a year for, for, for a decade. Oh my God. You know, what have I missed? And I think you, that was something I think I, I would have probably incorporated a little bit more of balance into my life prior to. Yeah. The balance thing is a thing that like, what is that? Oh, I, 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 you know, I, um, I, it's funny right before the pandemic, I had been saying to folks like, we stop saying this whole thing about work-life balance and just call it balance. Yeah. And however we have to figure it out, we just have to figure out what it is. Uh, what it works for each of us. Cause some folks are just going to be topsy-turvy for a bit. And then some folks are going to be able to figure it out and be like, I have to prioritize X, Y, and Z. And I think when we had the pandemic, it made everybody stop forcibly, look and reassess where you currently were and what changes that you needed to make. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think when, when people ask about, oh, how do you balance it all? It's like, nobody balances at all, right? There's no 50-50. Like if they're saying it, they're, they're, they're lying because <laughs> it doesn't exist. It's about how do you do the best to make sure that the things that make you, you aren't ignored. So it could be your friends, your family, your, your workouts, your sleep, but whatever it is that, that make you whole that you, you know, find a way to sort of, to make sure that those things don't drop. But I'll never say that it's going to be, you know, 50-50. There are some weeks where I'm running at 90 and I'm, you know, by Friday, I just want to be horizontal on the couch and, and order every meal from seamless and not move. And that's okay. But I think it's about making sure you're mindful of, of those things. Yeah. I mean, it's, we, we, I, we are living parallel lives. I see, I see this, you know, we truly are um, because similarly I've been traveling for 10 years straight 
Um, and the pandemic made me stay home because my entire industry got shut down. <laughs> it's like, oops, well, hey, I guess I'm going to be sitting here. Um, and it forced me to figure out what does what matters, what kind of work I do matters, who matters. Obviously, same deal. My parents are in their 70s, too, and, and they live in Florida. God. <laughs> and, 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 you know... All the stuff that goes around with that. Like, I think there is this interesting clash. I think that we're called the sandwich generation. It sounds like you and I are within a similar age bracket. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, like, we have, like, you know, we have parents who are getting older uh, and our own lives. And so we get sandwiched in between the two of those. Um, and we have to figure out how to, like, prioritize us without pulling out our hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the pandemic really did force everyone within this sort of sandwich generation to figure out, okay, what actually matters the most and how do I prioritize those things and the types of work that we do and the thing and, and how we respond and how we actually sleep and actually do the work is going to be key. Um, so yeah, similarly, um, preaching comes preaching to the choir. <laughs> and it's funny because you set up the next question beautifully because now I'm going to ask you, Gina, what do you do for your self-care? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. When I started at Autogen, I tend to do this. You know, I, I just go like a rocket ship. And I a few months in, I'm like, oh, my God. I've stopped, I I haven't gone to the my trainer twice a week like I usually do. And I'm, I'm on an acupuncture. And, you know, after a few months, those are the things. I mean, my trainer, who is my I joke around, um, you know, that he's my longest relationship, but it's been eight years. Um, and it's a really big part of my routine. So I'm someone who's really into wellness and fitness and making sure that, you know, I see him twice a week and I get my workouts in, in between that. And I'm, I'm eating, you know, eating healthy and staying hydrated and sleeping. And, uh, so those things are, really, really important. I, I one time had this, I got it. It was a couple companies ago. They had this performance coach yeah. and one of the best things he said was, um, top performing executives should have shed goals. So sleep, hydration, exercise, uh, and diet. And I, I sort of use that as my North star. Uh, but on top of that, you know, other things are really important too with, with, uh, self-care. My, if it's prioritizing my mental health or like my acupuncturist or my PT, because at my age, I'm, I feel like a broken bird. I sleep wrong one night and then my neck hurts for six days. <laughs> I'm like, Oh my God, I turned 40 and this, ne- this never hurt before what happened. And, you know, so those sort of things are part of my, you know, usual um, routine, just make sure that I'm performing at, at my you know optimal. Um, I don't know. just performing optimally. Yeah, it's necessary because also similarly again, you sleep wake up one morning. Why did my back hurt? I have no idea. I didn't. I don't know. You slept on the wrong side, and now you cannot turn your neck for six days. This is how I mm-hmm. quit being in the next decade of my life. Yeah, this is just like this is awesome, <laughs> and by awesome I mean terrible. <laughs> so I'm right there with you. Um, but yeah, prior to, it is just necessary. You have to prioritize your exercise, prioritize your sleep and eat better. I mean, I know I've gotten COVID fluffy, which is very annoying, even though I was exercising like crazy, <laughs> which makes no sense, but I'm like, not going to stress that anymore. I'm like, I will figure it out. At some point, then just fell off. <laughs> you know, it, it's whatever, I feel like it's whatever make you, makes you feel, you know, at your best. I mean, I think for me, stress is a huge thing. Like, how do you manage stress? You know, and that's, 
that can be a huge, you know, it makes you tired. It makes your, your cortisol go up. So that's a, another thing that I am constantly trying to figure out is how do I mitigate, you know, my stress. Um, they don't have a great answer for that for this podcast, but it's definitely something that's on my radar to make sure I'm thinking through how do I keep those levels sort of um, even. Awesome and necessary. Again, balance is the word. Like, and whatever that looks like to you, fantastic. But like, let's no longer ascribe and put, especially as women in business, putting this pressure on ourselves that we have to do every single thing. Like, no. <laughs> No, no, it's, it's whatever makes you whole, you know, I mean, balance could, for me also is my friends, you know, and, and we were talking earlier about being introverted extrovert, like love to see them great time at dinner. And then I need to go home and be silent for like 12 hours. So seriously, I, I I had Adweek was two weeks ago now and I went out every single night. Oh yeah. Me too. And, (laughs) And I was like, I have not done this in four years. How did I ever do this? get me away from people it's so funny too because you find your like i had this conversation yesterday with a a friend of mine who was in town and she's like do you remember how many things we used to do before 8 a.m and exactly and you're you're like how did i you know get up go to the gym do all these things and be sitting at my desk at 8 30 and it's there's (laughs) it's just so funny like it it does it's something with covid or something in the last two years it's just not (laughs) it's not feasible but um, yeah, Adweek definitely was uh, a lot of a lot of energy, a lot of outward energy. I mean, I found my throat was raw from spe- speaking. I, thought, <laughs> I was thinking like COVID does for a week. I'm you know I'm like no, no, I'm good. It's just it's, I've just been speaking. That's it. <laughs> I've just been talking to people all day week long. I'm like, what yeah. in the world happened? Yeah, it was it was, it was a lot. And then in the nest this past week, I was like, I don't want to do anything. Don't make me go anywhere. I'm gonna watch from scratch on Netflix. And- <gasps> I'm halfway through that. Don't tell me what happens. I'm only halfway. What episode are you on? Five. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's starting to get sad. We should talk maybe next week when they finally get. Have all I will say, girl, is have a buck tissues within arm's length and see the next three episodes. I, you know, and I, I, you know, similarly to feeling full, like I love, I watched it because I mean, I'm, I'm Italian and, and I go to Italy every year and it's one of those places where you leave and my, my soul just feels full. So I, you know, was watching it and then I just start, saw it take a turn to the left. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> I'm going to Amazon some Kleenex right now. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. It's just a, it's, it's a thing. <laughs> Trust and believe it's a thing. Uh, uh, but you will, you need to just, that's, that's all I'm going to say. Like, a lot, you know, so much happens in episode five and eight. You're just like, oh, yeah. We're going to have to have a follow-up to this. Follow-up. We're having a follow-up conversation. Okay, Once yeah. you finish, you've got to hit me. Yeah. Shoot me a note. And we'll and we will discuss over a cocktail. Look at that. See, yes. friends are right. I, I love all of this. Uh, uh, so last question for you, uh, this has just been a delight. Um, do you have a give and or an ask of the audience? A give and an ask. Um, or it doesn't have to be both. It can be either or, or both. It, can you give me an example? <laughs> um, so it could be, hey, I would, I would ask everyone to read this great book. Or my give, here's a really good exercise that you can do at your desk. Or it could be, um, you know, I really want to take some time for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. I I think I would um I you know, I I love podcasts. I love being on this. I and I'm going to, you know, 
definitely be listening to more of, of your episodes and some of the ones I do love that I tend to feel very energized after um, as well are, uh, I love Jay Shetty's On Purpose and and um, School of Greatness um, from Lewis Howes. I think those, you know, they have such a variety of folks also um, outside of our world that sometimes it's just interesting to hear different perspectives. Um, and then my ask, yes, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head is ask people to take you know, we say this every, we have a Friday call, uh, the CEO leads every week where we talk about something that's not revenue related. And he always asks that we take time to shut down, to spend time with our loved ones, uh, to, you know, just rest and recuperate. And I think that's the most important thing. If we could come out of this last two years, I think it's so important to make sure we, we take those, the time to just take care of ourselves. I think that's great and a, a wonderful way to end this podcast. Gina, it has been such a delight to have you on the show. Oh my gosh. Oh, <laughs> thank oh, you so much. I, I, I'm, thank you for having me. I, I mean, I know that this is going to be, you know, the start of a, a beautiful friendship. So thanks so much for, for uh, having me on. Awesome. So um, if you want to click on um, Gina, we'll put all her details in the show notes. And, and as I said, what a fantastic conversation. And, that is our show.